You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. We're back. Hi. Both of us this week. It's true. I'm Ryan. I'm Chloe, and welcome to the... The week off? The week off, yeah, of the Watch Along Critical Commentary podcast about Riverdale. Yeah, um, we're going to take this moment to catch our breaths and recap a little bit of those first, what, five episodes? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That was a what? whirlwind. <laughs> it was kind of a whirlwind, and I think what I'm feeling right now is I don't mm. know what genre I'm in. Maybe I'm yeah. in a new genre. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but... Um, Chloe, since we missed you last week, I'm wondering if you had any, like, broad reflections on that episode. Um, yeah, um, I, uh, I am feeling mm-hmm. like, I, I really am feeling like I don't know what show I'm watching anymore. I'm not necessarily upset about that, mm-hmm. but I don't know how I'm feeling. <laughs> um, I am also feeling like... Like, I like that the game and the prison and maybe something else are related. Mm-hmm. That I'm enjoying. I just... I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> I, I feel like I understand what you mean by that with similarly missing words. There's something weird. I'm not 100% satisfied with what's happening this season. Yeah. But um, I want to analyze that because I think there's a lot of things going on. I think there might be a lot of interesting creative things going on. Um, and I, I've, yeah, I want to speculate about that a bit. Um, yeah. So I, so I'm just going to come out and say that I think that Hiram is the gargoyle king. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's a fair supposition. Yeah. He brought the random drugs. He's clearly up with all the evil people. He's bought his evil league of evil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I disagree with you, though. Okay. Only because it is... Okay. I have no idea. Okay. Um, and, and I... I'm ready to just... Re- for that to be revealed. I don't feel like I'm on a, ris- a mystery story with that. Uh, there's a whole different tone with the Gargoyle, Gargoyle King thing that uh then the last two seasons mystery plots the the who done itness uh i feel like this is something different hmm. um i also believe it it is probably not hiram because i don't think the show is ending this season and i feel like hmm. hiram is too valuable a protagonist an antagonist for them to use this way Unless they can come up with a better one. True. And we'll see what emerges, or who flips, or what changes. Um, This show does surprise me constantly, but... um, That is one thing I will say for Riverdale. Like, this is a a familiar type of show up until very recently, (laughs) and the... um, the ability for Riverdale to surprise me within the limits of a genre, I think, is one of the strengths of the show. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And, um, yeah, you brought up genre a few times. I want to talk about genre. Let's talk about yeah, genre. Tell us, tell us your feelings, Ryan. Oh, boy. Tell us all about it. So, um, I'm trying to look at this season without, like, with a little distance. And, you know, if I just saw these five episodes, um, I would, exp- I would think I'm watching a very bold, experimental piece of serial storytelling. Um, 
not dissimilar to some of the more episodic, disjointed, what is canon, who cares, um, yeah. approaches of, of the, some of the later seasons of a show like Archer. Um, hmm. I think it's an interesting and, and very novel way of doing TV. We're doing a serial episodic television show, but this season they've essentially given us five complete genre plays that stand on their own as sort of an independent tonal experiment. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they've completely given up the rooting of this is a teenage, a teen based story. Yeah. We've moved past that. Um, and that's, that's caused some problems for me as a viewer this season. Um, the you, whiplash adjustment. Sorry, I just, I, I want you to keep going, but I just had a thought mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that maybe this show is going to end with them all giving their entrance interviews to university. And they're just being asked these asinine questions that don't match up with any of their life experiences. I would love it if it ended there. From my mouth to Aguirre Sarkas's ears. Dreams for the future. Um, That would certainly explain the the deep lens of hyper mood that has been cast upon this whole season. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. so there's, they're doing such a different thing. Like, last year there were maybe, what, three episodes. There was the Rebel Without a Cause episode. There was the weird Halloween-y one after Hall- the Thanksgiving Halloween-y one. There were a few of these experimental genre play episodes sort of staggered at benchmark moments through the season. Now they've just put all their eggs in that basket. Um, and that's interesting. That's brave, and I don't know that it worked, but I'm impressed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sort of feeling the same way. I'm, like, really impressed and not sure if it's working. Mm -hmm. Because I think that, like, having Dungeons & Dragons combined Mm -hmm. with... Oh my god! I just realized what the show's doing. Okay, okay. Throw, Throw me a revelation, Chloe. The show is... Okay, we all feel like... Okay, so I don't know how those of our listeners who might vote Republican... I don't know if there's any of you out there. But, um... Or vote conservative in Canada. Um, But I really think that everyone who is anywhere slightly left of center, and maybe even people in the center, feel like they're playing a game that they cannot win. Hey, that's an interesting metaphor. I think that's how we're all feeling at the moment. All of the leadership is frightening in the West. Not Mm -hmm. all of it. Enough. I I like Nikki Ashton. Like, I, I say, picking picking one MP in Parliament, who I'm like, this one's not awful. Yeah, I don't even know what's <laughs> happening with the Prime Minister in the UK. Don't know what's happening with Australia. Actually, the Prime Minister of New Zealand's not the end of the world. She's wonderful. Yes. But, like, that's New Zealand, and New Zealand's a beautiful place, but let's recognize that it's, just, it's a tiny province and enclave of yes. colonial pastiche. I'm just thinking of, like, the Western <laughs> world. Um, I can't speak to the East. That's not my positionality. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I th- I think it's safe to say some bad stuff is happening in, like, China. Yes, it is safe. <laughs> All this to say is that I just, like, we feel like we're encountering quests that we cannot mm. win and that are very high stakes all the time. And I wonder if that's where the concept of this show came from. Like, this is, like, dystopia mm. game. Um, this mm. new genre might be, like, 
dystopian game um nihilism no no not even (laughs) so that's just me and our whole generation um dystopian like game with the authority Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe that's our genre um i think if we're going to dig into this metaphor and the genre statement um the whole confusing escalation where some adults who really should be rational and taking care of you instead do a lot of murder and suicide that feels like an accurate piece of the metaphor in in reality (laughs) people who we're supposed to be trusting to be kind of reasonable seem to do a lot of killing and bad horrifying genocide yeah like yeah so i'm i'm down for that theory i'm i'm not sure i'm sold Completely, yeah, but I, I like might this theory. Be giving Riverdale a little too much credit, but I'm enjoying it. Here's the thing: I like. I think we should. I think we can give them lots of credit because these um, five episodes were masterfully tied together in each episode. Like the Thank pacing you. in that fifth episode, fifth episode, the way they brought these extraordinarily disparate pieces of story and genre together was masterful. That is good, well-done television making. And I really respect that. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is why I am leaning hard into critiquing the content that is being made so well. Um, Mm. And for me, that that means, uh, has meant picking apart those plot lines that the show has done so well in weaving together. Because I think the unbalance of the strengths of each experiment are what's throwing things off for me. I, I want to say the Leopold and Loeb prison plotline as a whole failed for me. Hmm. I did not enjoy any of it. It's the, too fraught a topic in reality. That's yes. the problem. Like it doesn't like it doesn't belong in this show. And it's it felt utterly cartoony, and yeah. it felt like it it removed its own stakes by failing to fully explore them. Um, Farrelith raised a lovely point last week um, on the uh, original imagery in Shawshank Redemption that's being parodied mm-hmm. and referenced so heavily that yeah, in undercutting true. this all the religious weight, all the narrative story, these images become a hollow reference mimetically. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the warden's suicide at the end, she called it, uh, and then... That actually surprised me, but... Hmm. Yeah, but... I mean, she grew up on Stephen King, and I've yeah. hardly read any. So yeah, she yeah. called it because she knew that genre, right? It surprised mm-hmm. both of us, because we don't, yeah. necessarily. Um, but I really enjoyed her takedown of why that why this was a failure of that genre, and it got me really analyzing you know, what, what these pieces are mm-hmm. as a whole. I think that experiment failed, because the stakes did not match what I, the audience, was willing to feel or willing to believe. Um, it stretched my suspension of disbelief way past a breaking point, even for Riverdale. Um, that it depowered all of the other plot lines, even this intense mystery plot with Betty Jughead and the cult, and the cult, yeah. the G&G game. I can't take it as seriously when we have this comically reduced prison violence, child abuse, slavery thing happening uncommented and undercommented on in its own medium. The Archie's plotline was too serious hmm. and not handled seriously enough for me to respect its fit with the rest of the stories being told. Um, whereas the the cult plotline with Betty, 
was so grounded in this slow drip of dissonant things, of dissonant genre tropes, of dissonant um, images bleeding into Betty's life. You know, ending that first episode with her seeing something unbelievable and then collapsing into a, an epileptic seizure. That was a great slow burn. Whereas that that didn't exist in the other genres. That's not the arc or flow of mm. prison break genre at all. Um, I felt eased into it. G&G, I felt eased into it. I felt it was well presented, well set up, and I believed each of the stakes as they rolled out. Um, I was on board and interested in the stakes. Um, hmm. Yeah. So yeah. so for me, I I think looking at this season as a whole so, whole so far it's the mismatch between the plot lines that is that is the point of friction for me yeah um i'm still i think the reason i'm still here for it is because i feel like the first connection has been made between the two of them and if, and if yeah. riverdale can successfully make another good connection mm-hmm. especially now that um Joaquin and Archie are out of prison. Yes. Um, I, and the warden's dead. Hopefully I, with him, the prison. Yes. I'm interested in the Mad Dog character. I hope he also gets out of prison and mm-hmm. becomes an interesting character. Totally. Um, he and uh, he and KJ Appa have good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Those two actors. And he's um, just an interesting character who yeah. it feels like there's more to explore about. Yeah. Like the Shawshank Redemption is really about Morgan Freeman's character and not yeah. about Tim Robbins' character. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, <coughs> excuse me, I've had bronchitis for a month and I only started treating it yesterday, so. Woo, that's not good self-care, Chloe, but no, I'll... You're I, not I, one to talk. <laughs> 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 Ryan and I are having a rough week. Let's compare illnesses sometime, Chloe, anyway. <laughs> Shankshaw. Shankshaw. Um, <laughs> not Shankshaw, Leopold and Loeb. Yes. Anyway, all this to say, um... Is that I'm willing for Riverdale to make another connection that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. And we've got, um, I think we've got two episodes until winter break. Okay. I'm not sure. There might be more than two, but there's two with dates announced uh, yeah. next week and December 5th. Okay. So, um, I'm really intrigued. If that turns out to be the hiatus of the winter... Um, Given what the story's just done, bringing everything together, I'm I'm really curious. Are they going to give us two more genre plays, or are they going to start with the A plot, as it as I as I feel it? Like, are they going to let mm-hmm. all of these pieces bubble into one plot because they brought it all together effectively? Yeah. Or are we going to try something different and new? Like, I'm interested in what's next, and I I I can't even guess, but I'm interested. Yeah, um, I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. Should we check in with that? Where every character's at? Yeah, absolutely, we should. Um, Let's start with Archie. Archie's oh having boy. a rough fall. Archie is not really much of an actor in his own plot right now. Hmm. Yeah, um, a lot of things are happening to him. Ar- yeah, and he is reacting in the Archie way. Like I, I haven't seen any any real choice. You know, he's been put in situations where I think he reacted by his own strong moral compass and survival needs. Yeah. But he hasn't really done anything since he pled guilty. True. True, true, true. So I'm... I feel that. I think the story could have some rich 
character territory in him processing his experiences. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we'll get that, but I think that would be valuable. Um, because now he has time to catch up. He's alone with one or two people in a bunker in the woods. Now some, maybe some trauma processing time. Maybe. Yeah. But that begs the question of if the show knows and respects how much traumatic stuff it's piled upon him. I'm not convinced they do yet. Again, the stakes disbalance. Yeah, I also think that this might be a version of reality in which teenagers just don't suffer. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this, the, the show might be so... Mel- I say melodrama not in, like, a negative way. It is mm-hmm. melodrama, this show that we're watching in the old-fashioned sense. Yes. Um, uh, that we just don't... They just, like, the, the stuff lands as normalcy mm-hmm. for these characters. You know I, what I'm I can see that. Um, and I can, I can agree with that in every other character's plot line. No. I, I think this is, again, a failure of this plot that I am no longer willing to accept Archie's ability to process that grandma. It's Fair. too much. Being branded by a warden and sent to your death after being shanked by your only ally. It's too much for me to accept even <laughs> a melodrama. True, true, true. <laughs> Fair point. Um, Veronica? Veronica is kind of kicking butt. Yeah. She's doing great. She's an adult now. I hope she gets legally emancipated in the course of this show. That would be a plot line I would love to watch. She's the least teenager of the teenagers at this point in yeah. in real hard terms. Um, and the show's treating her as someone who goes toe-to-toe with Hi- Hiram on real terms. in one case. Yes. Um, I also loved... Uh, well, we'll touch on Hermione eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Veronica's doing great. She owns a business. Mm-hmm. She has her own money. She's breaking her boyfriend out of prison. I'm wi- She's giving her dad the bird. I'm waiting for Flipping him the, bird, really. the other shoe to drop on Veronica's life of the consequences of her actions yep. coming back to her. And I suspect we're going to get that real soon. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested to see how she processes that. Yeah. Um, she's so... Her character has shown so much interesting... Uh, agency and willingness to just blindly go against her father even seeing these stakes yeah yeah um how's betty doing i I mean betty's getting by betty's getting by betty's doing as good as she can right now and like i think betty's betty's the the person in this show who i most identify with right now in Mm. in how like over it she seems to be about <laughs> all of the ridiculousness yeah that's fair um and i love that she basically has had the sandra d transformation from uh but it it is not motivated by a man but by her utter societally the, the, the betrayal of every norm that she's ever been taught is what sandra deed her up yeah um her entire world flipping yeah. huge Huge. I think we're all feeling that. Yeah. Thanks for being us, Betty. Um, <laughs> Jughead, okay, so I have a theory mm-hmm. about Jughead. Mm-hmm. I think he is playing along to the type of the Game Master in order to defeat the Gargoyle King. I could believe that. And I, I don't think he's actually obsessed, and I think he mm-hmm. just doesn't want to jeopardize anymore. I think he's being noble the way Jughead does. He is notable with the self-sacrifice, yeah. um, and I think Cole is doing some great performance with Yeah, Jughead. I'm into it. I'm totally here for his, like, this is not a, like, this isn't a role that I think Cole Sprouse will ever get cast in again. No. 
you know? The fanatic so, of I, so sort. So I'm glad that he's enjoying it while he can do it. <laughs> I thought his narration of the G&G game was on point. Yeah, totally. Um, that was That was the one thing that, like experientially felt really well done of a Dungeons and Dragons world. The the Dungeon Master's word pictures. Yeah. Like I've never seen an actual good expression of playing except for community, which is a wonderful episode that we should watch sometime if you don't know it. The Community Dungeons and Dragons episode is the only piece of media that I've ever seen doing play do playing D D right? I'll watch it if Daniel Glover's in of it. Of course Daniel Glover's in it. Is he in every episode? Wait, who's Hector the Well Endowed? No, uh Alison Bree plays Hector the Well Endowed. I think he was sorry. It's a community. This isn't a community podcast. <laughs> anyway, right. uh, let's watch that episode. Sometime. I highly recommend the community Dungeons and Dragons episode for a, a light, but honest and weighty ex- expression of what the game is. Yeah. But that Jughead's monologue was the closest um, cool. to that right. that I, I found. Um, how into it he was and how into it his people were. Um, so nothing is happening with Cheryl and Tony, and I am <sighs> pissed off. Let's take a moment in our character check-in, because I need to I need to acknowledge something I've been trying hard to ignore for two years. Okay, what? There are four lead characters on this show. Okay. Archie, Jughead, Betty, and Veronica. This show has lied to me. <laughs> that Josie is a lead character, that Tony and Cheryl yeah. and and uh, Kevin can be lead characters. And I, I'm not not noticing that it is three white kids and four straight kids, apparently, who seem to be our actual leads. And I'm judging you, show. I, I am. Because I think you're failing in the way that much media fails. Yeah. You're letting your minority characters be sidelined by your own storytelling. It happens. I've done it in my own work. I know it. I see it. I hate it. And I think that's what's happening here. Yeah? I don't disagree. Yeah. Um, and I think now that Cheryl's gay, she's had less of a storyline. So much less. And I'm not impressed. Yep. Um, whether that's because she's now being treated with precious kid gloves or what, um, stop it. Yeah, Please. don't don't treat them with precious kid gloves. Let them have a messy relationship that's real. Mm-hmm. That's what your queer audience wants to see. Real stuff. Please. Yeah. So I mean, as real as it gets in Riverdale. That's my broad strokes character frustration check-in. Um, and I say this because I on, on rewatch, I noticed uh, episode five. I feel like they finally figured out how to give their supporting cast something to do. I enjoyed... Josie and Reggie and Kevin. Yeah, I'm so, much. so stoked for that. Um... And I think the the whole little, the, the Mayor McCoy-Keller wedding plot line, it felt heavy-handed. It felt like it didn't fit in this episode. Um, it felt sloppy, but like they were throwing their side characters a bone. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this, this episode was the one that made me realize, oh yeah, this is what you can do with these characters. Why aren't you? Yeah. Um, if this was properly balanced as an ensemble... We would have an episode where there is no Betty plot. We'd have an episode where there is no Jughead plot. Yeah. And we would give that space to these important minority supporting characters. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm honestly asking for from the show at this point. But I'm I'm giving up on them as a representative ensemble show. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. They lose part points. They, 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 they lose do. real points um, for that. Two 
um, Roberto's credit, mm-hmm. Sabrina makes me feel that that is the CW and not his creative ability. I'll give you that. Yeah. I will um, I will agree with that. I don't know that. that he really needs to be let off the hook for that. He's a showrunner and he's important at this point. He can start putting inclusion writers in his contract. That, yes. Like. <laughs> yes. But I think it is, that's a really good and important observation about what, fact, what the studio and the medium does. In fact, yes. In fact, um, I will also put it on the four leads. Have some inclusion writers in your contract next season. Yeah. As much as you are young artists, um, y'all are in your mid-twenties now, and, uh, Cole, you went to Juilliard or something. Tish? Juilliard? I thought, um, what's her name went to Tish? Um. Yeah, uh. Betty. Yes. Lily Reinhardt. No, uh, Camila Mendez. Camila Mendez, sorry. Yes, yes. Camila Mendez went to Um, yeah, and Cole was a few years ahead of her, I think. Oh, I thought he went to, like, some other school for archaeology. What? Yeah. I've researched you. I've, that's the first yeah. I've ever heard he's of that. He's like, he didn't, he hasn't, doesn't have an acting degree as far as I know. His, really? his acting is experience. Huh. From doing I mean, yeah, he did it. He's done it forever, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I'm putting that on the cast and on the writer. If mm-hmm. your producers aren't going to be not bigots, mm-hmm. then you got to do something. Yep. And I know Roberto knows he's a openly... LGBTQ person. I don't actually know what his identity labels are, but I'm pretty confident he is he is fam, as it were. I didn't think he was. I thought he was a straight boy who's an awesome ally. Oh, I don't know. We have have more research. That's a good note for us for next week. Let's just like research all these people we love and talk about all the time more. Um. Yeah. So Kevin uh, has is having no plot. Yeah. Well, he he got like some breadcrumbs with Joaquin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joaquin's having... Actually, Joaquin's kind of having an interesting plot, honestly. (laughs) I mean, if if I didn't expect it to end up with him dead, I'd be more keen. Yeah. But he's kind of at high risk here. Hopefully that is not what happens. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Fangs and Sweet Pea have no plot. Cheryl and Tony are there, being cutish and having really short cutaway kisses. Yeah. We're over it. No lesbian cheesecake, please. Yep. Um, so give um, Josie a gosh damn plot. Yeah. Or Josie's not GTFO. Yeah. Great performance, though, in the speakeasy. That I was into. Yes. She got to show how powerful she is. And that was a cool cover of that song. Mm-hmm. Um, Alice. Parents. Bad news. All round. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about it. FP seems to be sort of limply supporting Alice and not really doing much else. Like, Sage Armchair Dad FP is interesting and new. Yeah. Um, I believe, and I'm interested in FP and Alice in how they've changed this season. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've given those characters some interesting new places to go. That's really valuable after where last season ended. Yeah. Um, I feel like those characters get to take a take a seat in the caboose for a little bit too, and yeah. that's pretty valuable um, for Sorry, not wearing I'm, them out. I'm thinking about theories about the plot again. Like, I wonder yeah. if the farm is spirituality and religion can't be trusted. Hmm. Um, the prison is 
legal authorities. Institution yeah. cannot be trusted. I'm not quite sure what's going on with the Gargoyle King yet. Escapism mm-hmm. can't be trusted? <laughs> I don't know. Well, if we can't trust that, I don't yeah, know what don't know. we're doing here. Anyway, <laughs> um, I just got distracted by that. Polly, like, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. starting to have an interesting story. We've left her behind. That's fine. Yeah. She's a white girl. She can wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. That said, like, her moments on screen have been much more captivating than anything that we've gotten from her in the last two seasons yes, for me. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's absolutely. That performer is finally being given something that she can really bite into, I'm thinking. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, Hermione. Hermione. Actually, let's do Fred really quick. Not okay, like... yeah, because it'll be quick, because Fred's there. Yeah, Fred's there. Um, Molly Ringwald is not there. Yeah, except in court. Yep, that's and fine. I'm guessing they're both fighting their yeah. son's conviction or something, because what else would you do as a parent of an only child? Yeah. Like, what else would you do? Now that now, now that Archie's escaped, I'm sure there'll be more yeah. of their plot. Um, Let's save Hermione for last, because I'm so excited. Great, is great, that okay? great. Yeah, absolutely. Hiram is running around being evil. So I'm evil. I'm not sure what his game is, mm-hmm. other than control, which is something I understand coming from a man in power. <laughs> <laughs> He's being... Like, his actions last season are the consequences we're dealing with now. Yeah. So we're not actually seeing his current actions, which I think is is clever, is cleverly done. I think he is being presented so many steps ahead of our characters um, that it is interesting when Veronica accidentally runs into him because they're in, they're in completely different places, scheming in completely different ways. Like, this is, this, again, this is another breadcrumb for me that suggests Hiram is more long-term. More yeah. end-game, long-game. I don't think this season's going to take him out. And that makes me think he's not Goblin King. Interesting. I'm starting to get annoyed with him. I'm kind of over the character, to be honest. I wouldn't mind him being gone. I'm really sick of him and Archie growing up against each other. Yeah, it, over a daughter-girlfriend. It's gross. It's problematic. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty over it. Yep. Um, Hermione. That was <sighs> such a great scene. Yep. She is so sick of her family. Yep. She forgot that her life is constantly at risk for a moment to cuss out her husband because it was just that stupid what he did. Yeah. Um, and perhaps unfairly, but in the moment, understandably, lumped 16-year-old Veronica in with Hiram. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I think it... Yeah. I can I can respect and understand Hermione's reaction to frustration while acknowledging Veronica is a 16-year-old child who watched her boyfriend being brutally attempt murdered in yeah. front of her and did something. Yeah, I mean, Hermione, I feel like, has seen worse than that. So yeah. <laughs> maybe she's not... <laughs> Fair point. Seeing, seeing things in scale at the moment. Yeah. But I do think her point like this, like, mm-hmm. like I think... I think her point about your obsession with Archie Andrews is, like, she's she's over it. Yes. She's over it. She's trying mm-hmm. to, like, run a town now. Yeah. I think Hiram made a mistake giving her a job. Yes, and I think that's going to be yeah. a fatal mistake, and I'm here for it. And, yeah. I, and I'm waiting for him to fall because of that. Yeah. I'm waiting for Hermione to be the one who puts a bullet in him, basically. Whether that's literal or figurative. I'm good either way. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Similarly, I'm just, I'm waiting for Hermione and Veronica to be pointing at another barn. Yep. Just like Cheryl and Penelope. Penelope, also no plot at the moment. Yeah. Why give the sex worker a plot? Why? (sighs) (laughs) See what we're doing wrong, Riverdale? (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot of good, but there's a lot wrong. Um, honorable mention to Reggie for finally being an actual character and not just a, just a quip. 
Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. That yeah. actor surprised me this episode. Um, sloppy call, randomly making his dad abusive. Why? S- like, it because that's the very that's the first bit of plot Reggie's actually had is his dad punched him in the in the eye and gave him a black eye. And why is that a bad plot? Oh, um, because that's the only drop of it that they've dropped, and that's all that Reggie's had for plot yet. My my issue is it was abrupt and it just rubbed me the wrong way. Honestly, hmm, it rubbed um, me the wrong it, way. That's a thing that fathers do to sons regularly, mm, and we should probably talk about it. I would. I want them to talk about it on the show. Then. Oh, that's yeah, that's fair. the thing. I felt like it was it was a throwaway moment. Yeah, and not handled with with seriousness. Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Like, it was, it, it was disrespectfully t- chucked in, was my feel on that plot point. And maybe they'll do something with it. I hope they do. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, all, I'm not really here for the domineering, like, Asian father. That is a thing, too. That's, yeah. like, that's a hard stereotype space to walk. Yeah. Um, maybe I am here for it, as long as you do it well. Do something good with Reggie's family. That's all I ask of yes. you. I, I loved his mom's one scene. She seemed lovely. Yeah, it was a good little piece of. If you're going to use Reggie, let's 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 do yeah. something fun. I'm with excited for Josie and Kevin and Reggie's adventure. Agreed. I'm excited for those three characters getting a clear B plot association. Like the three of them combined might 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 make the show give them a damn spotlight. Yeah. And so they can at least share it. I'm also here for, like, the moment that Hermione and Reggie's dad are in the same room and Hermione just has this, ew, I made out with you once. Like, <laughs> kind of oh, feel. I forgot about that. Yes. Oh. Yes. Watching the parents play out some consequences of that parent episode will be fun. Yeah. Uh, potentially. Or maybe Riverdale will blow us all of the water by just jerking the stakes right all up there again and throwing it all out with the bathwater and who knows what next episode is going to be. Maybe none of this will matter as of next yeah. episode. Should we decide to, the, like, <sighs> if the show really goes off the rails to stop doing this podcast? Oh, I think if I ever stop honestly not enjoying the show, I, I wouldn't do that to me or you, gang. Yeah. Um, I won't keep You don't want to hear a complaining it. podcast. We'll switch to something else. Yeah. Um, with fair warning, and probably at the, at the end of a season. I think if I ever quit, I'll, I'll, I'd quit at the end of a season, personally. Yeah, but then what if the next season is really good? Then I'd regret things. Yeah. (laughs) Life is full of regrets, that's fine. (laughs) Um, but I'm still here for it, for now. I'm, I'm still enjoying this show. Um, I couldn't critique it so hard if I wasn't, at the end of the day, having fun. Yeah, that's true. Me too. Mm -hmm. For sure. And Tony is alive and on my screen. Yeah. That's, like, Thank you. That's bad by Riverdale's own personal standard that Tony's done so little. But unfortunately, I think Tony is the only queer indigenous black woman I've ever seen in a fiction on my television screen without... That's mainstream, yes. Yeah, on, yeah. on network television. Yep. I think she might be yeah. the only individual. So I want every moment of her. And I love her character and performance, and there's so much they could do with her and Cheryl. Yeah. So do it. Yeah, I, I'm I, not... I see you wanting to on Twitter, Roberto. I see you wanting to do the, the stuff for them. I see you liking yeah. the characters more than your show allows you to. 
But, like, maybe just do that. Like, Roberto, maybe if Riverdale gets bad, jump ship and give us a web series. Give me a Cheryl Blossom spinoff. Cheryl Blossom was her own comic book. Cheryl could... Yeah, yeah. Cheryl had her own own line uh, for years. Um, It was usually, like, a Betty and Veronica side title. but, But she had a few, like comic book runs and yeah. her own narrative plots. Um, I would fully watch that spinoff. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the heck it would be, but I'm here for whatever it would be. Yeah. So, you know, when Netflix says, Sabrina was great, give us more. Cheryl and Tony spinoff? Yeah. Cheryl and Tony spinoff? Yeah. That's what I'm asking for. Yes. Or maybe just like their summer going across the country on motorbikes. I would watch that film. I would watch it and love it. Good old fashioned ninety minute movie. Just a beautiful coming of age story of these two these two young young gang girls on the road finding themselves in each other. Yeah. I want it now. Please make it. Thank you. We might have to write this fan fiction, Chloe. We might. (laughs) I'm sure it's out there. Oh my god. I haven't delved into it. It's been months since I've gone to the Riverdale category of Archive of Our Own. Oh, I might have things to bring you next time, gang. Okay. I might come bearing gifts. Chloe does <laughs> different types of fan fiction. Um, I think I'm good. How are you feeling, Ryan? Fine. Just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan and I have had a rough month. Yeah, but um, Riverdale's here for us. Yeah. Um, the Riverdale gang is recorded on, and the Riverdale show is shot on unceded Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish territory. And I would like to add that half the reason Ryan and I can say many of the things we say on this show mm-hmm. is because groups, activists, intellectuals from indigenous communities across Canada and the United States and the rest of the world have have fought to make sure that we know the things that we know. Yep. We are uh, we are the consequence of a lot of footwork. Yes. By people who understand and live these problems and these challenges. We are in the shadow uh-huh. of giants. Yeah. Just like many other critical white people in the left. Yeah. Um, and we would also like to thank Mike and Thunderquack and Patreon Patreon and all of you. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, we really are stoked that you're sticking with us. Yeah. The podcast gives us a lot of joy. It, it's a lot of fun and very grounding and legit my only hobby right now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. There's no time for anything else. Yeah. Um, this is partially a consequence of spending years turning all of my hobbies into jobs. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> yeah, huge. Uh, huge. And then there's that moment where the hobby job is, like, not paid, but it's still a job. <laughs> oh, all the time. Yeah. Constantly. Like, people say to me, like, oh, you don't want to quit. You don't want your hobby to become a job. I'm like, yo, my hobby's a job. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get paid. You just don't recognize it as a job because it doesn't conform mm-hmm. to capitalism. I'm going to go on a rant. I'm Chloe. I'm Ryan. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.